Well, okay, so we're up. Let's we're, go. We're recording. <clears throat> Epic. So, sorry, I'm trying to get all comfortable and catch it on. Get all comfy, cozy over there. I can I get you make blanket this. if you want it. Oh, there we go. The comfy's right there. Oh, look at you got a whole basket. Okay. Oh, yeah. We oh. stay cozy around here. <laughs> so, Brayden, I mean, it's like the first time we've talked in a minute. When's yeah. the last time I saw you? Seven Peaks, I think. It was at Seven and Peaks. You're th- and you're looking like an absolute bodybuilder oh, with that chick. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, that's the best jacked looking dude. Like, wait, it's Kobe over there. What the heck? <laughs> oh, thank you. Dude, he looked bag- He looked like Ken. <laughs> Not even kidding. Looked like... Uh, Looked like Ryan Gosling, but better. When I Just saw him, I said, whoa. With brown hair. That's a good-looking dude. No, yeah. I think you had dyed at the time. Oh, that's right. No, I had, you I had, had platinum <laughs> hair. <laughs> I forgot about that. I was like, dang, that was that's, a, that's, that's sexy right there. And yeah, it was, it was Kobe. It was a good summer. I felt blessed that day. <laughs> I know. And then right after that, or soon after, you, you were all red. I saw when I yeah, saw you that day because you were right. training for a marathon. We, yeah, we did. We ran, I think, 16 miles that day. We like dropped off my wife's car at the dealership to um, get like serviced and stuff. And then we parked my car down in Orem. So we ran, we ran from American Fork up to the Murdoch and down to Orem. And it was like we started at like 10 in the morning because that was the, last, the earliest appointment we could do. And so we ran and we didn't pack sunscreen because normally we'd run in the morning early and didn't even think about the sun and just got torched. And my shoulders were so, I think I still have like a tank top tan line from that. No day. way. Oh, it's yeah. awesome. I'll bet you by next summer it'll have burned out a little Hope bit. Hope not. It's legendary. People yeah. are like, why do you look like a, a wife beater on? I'm like, <laughs> just how we roll, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, dude. So you were, you were telling me that uh, you had just ran this other marathon oh yeah that wasn't the one you were training for right no so we trained for big cottonwood um it was september 9th started up by the ski resorts you ran down like the that canyon big cottonwood and then looped through holiday a bit and then finished at cottonwood high school so we were training for that one we'd signed up for it back in april just because we were looking uh, my wife was convinced to do it by one of her friends and I tried to support. So I did it and then we did it. And it was super awesome. I was really happy with how I did super hard, obviously, as you, as you know. Yeah. Um, but glad we did it. It was awesome. Didn't have anything on the radar. And then just a couple of weeks ago, um, let me pull my text really quick just to see how it all kind of went down. Okay. So a buddy of mine in one of our group chats from back home, um, sent in, oh, where is it? Um, okay, I'm getting close. Okay, so Wednesday, October 25th, so a week and a half ago, I get a text from, no, actually, oh, it's before then. Hold up, sorry, I'm so bad. When did I first hear about this? For context, this is a marathon. It's called the Whaleathon. Oh yeah. Did you, the, did you look at yeah. the site? Yeah, I went to the site and okay. I was like like right when you texted me, I looked it up and I was like, Holy cow, this yeah, just was, looks miserable. One second, I'm trying to figure out okay, I don't think I can my one of my other buddies sent the link 
to this site. It's called whaleathon.com. And I was like, that looks so dumb. Who would ever do that? Oh, I know it's somewhere around here. Crap. Okay, sweet. I found it. So Tuesday, October 24th at like 9 a.m., one of my buddies just sends, his name's Will, sends the the link to whaleathon.com. And then my other friend's like, oh, what are we doing? I'm like, oh, can't wait. Like, it's a joke. The next day we saw an article from Deseret News. My buddy sent it in and was like, it was about how the people actually did it. And he was like, I'll be in town this weekend. Let's all do it. I'm serious. It would be such a flex to do it without training. And so this buddy, Ethan, that was texting about this now, the week before, he was going to come up for like a for like a cousin birthday party or something. And we were going to do the haunted half. I just had kind of a goal to do at least um, a half marathon every month since the marathon just to stay in shape. Just because like I want to make sure I'm like keeping up my body and all that kind of stuff. Just cause, like I think I've worked so hard at this point to be in the shape like my um, VO2 max is super high. I feel like I have really good cardio health. I'm trying to work at now, like integrating that with going back to the gym yeah. and just trying to like get to the point where like I'm a hybrid athlete. And so I was like, okay, like let's just do the haunted half. It'll be sweet. My buddy had run big cotton with me and then went down and did St. George. He qualified for Boston. That was his goal was to do big cotton. What is kind of like a warm up, then do St. George. He qualified and his body needed to heal. Cause he had done, two marathons in like three weeks and like really he didn't push himself the first time with me because he's really fast and i'm not mm-hmm. um but the second one like he really um he really pushed obviously and did really great and so he was like oh i actually need a heal like yes is it working oh sorry yeah, i was just starting. sorry i'm not i'm not i'm not really good at this podcast no thing no yet. you're good so we're freelancing oh, too we're just like i'm sending a voicemail with my buddies now so anyways <laughs> um he was like, yeah, like, I was like, hey, we should do a haunted half. He's like, yeah, sounds good. And he's like, actually, I don't think I'm going to do it. Um, I really haven't, tr- like, I really haven't recovered. I want my body to get back in shape. I'm kind of nervous about just going forward with running. I just want to make sure I'm back and dialed. I'm like, totally get it. Let's just get lunch or something while you're up here. And all of a sudden, he, like, texts me, like, hey, we should actually do it. I'm like, dude, you're insane. And so... I'm like, there's no way you're, t- you're obviously joking. And he's like, no, dude, I'm like, I'm not. I'm like, okay, fine. Like maybe like I'll consider doing like a relay with you. Like each of us take a mile at a time. So like I'll fulfill my half marathon. You don't have to go too hard. It'll be great. And he's like, yeah, it sounds good. But then when I went on the website, like I'll pull it up and just, we can talk about it. I saw that there was a leaderboard section, like a finishers portion, like right here. Oh, it's like a little load. Oh, why isn't it letting? Okay. Oh, you were showing me yours. Yeah. Like you so there was, a, I, when I saw this website, there's only four. So you have Evan, Caleb, Jackson, and Wynn. We're the only four at the top. I actually ended up meeting Evan at the Whaleathon race. And I was like, I was like, dude, there's an actual, like, there's a leaderboard. Like, I can get my name on this. Oh, I'm so in. Because I'm just so competitive. Yeah. That. All of a sudden, I found out there was, like, a little bit of glory for the long term <laughs> yeah. associated with this. I'm like, okay. I'm in. So it's, so this has not been going on that long. No. So the first one was done on October 21st. So just like a few days before I heard about it, those guys actually went and did it. I think they built the website a little bit before they went and did it, but they had been planning to do it for a while, but I had just heard about it like three or four days before That's we were awesome. going to do it. So yeah, super random. But then um, I bullied my brother-in-law, Tyler, into doing it with me, and then he got his lab partner, Taylor, they are both in the same chemistry lab, I think, at BYU. And so 
it was the four of us. It was me, Ethan, Tyler, and Taylor, and we're like, okay, we're going to do this. I had another buddy that was going to do it, but then some stuff came up and he had to drop out. But um, made a group chat, kind of started figuring out logistics. Um, we reached out to all the guys to kind of figure out how they went about doing it, and we got some good information from them. Um, they talked about how they every 30 minutes would switch directions when they were running because obviously you're just really quick yeah, background. Just, you can look at the site for people who are listening, but uh, basically it's this one. It's a it, the lap for this is just 0. 0.04 of a mile. It's a big it's a big roundabout with this statue of a whale coming out of it. If you've been to Salt Lake, you've probably seen it. But um, after like after running in circles for a long time, you're one side of your body tends to feel it as opposed to just running straight where you the pain is kind of balanced yeah exactly yeah so horrible on all sides totally so (laughs) logistically going into it we planned that the first 20 miles every 30 minutes which would translate to roughly three miles um we would flip directions so i would like just have my watch out doing the workout and then when we get to the 30 minute or hour hour and a half we'd switch directions from I think you started off counterclockwise and we went clockwise and then flipped back and forth. And the last six miles, the last 6.2, every 10 minutes we'd switch just because at that point, as you probably saw during the marathon, the 20 mile mark, your body hits a a mega wall. So we were trying to really flip it and keep your, keep our legs kind of fresh during that last uh, six miles. So during it, were you guys like taking sodium tablets and like goo and yeah. So I had had a bunch of leftover, like, uh, cliff blocks. It's like the gate. It's like kind of like Gatorade chew. Yeah. Um, so we just brought, everyone brought their own fuel, but we brought that. We brought, I brought candy. I brought, cause it was really nice. Cause like with a regular marathon, you kind of have to pack everything on you, yeah. but we literally just set up a couple camp chairs with like all like with a bag with like gloves and like beanies and sweatshirts and stuff. And like all of our layers just in a chair and set off to the side and then just left like a cooler with a bunch of stuff. So we had a ton of water, a ton of Gatorade. We had, I had soda. I think I drank like three 12 ounce Dr. Peppers over it just because the sodium and that is good. Yeah. There's nothing like a nice dew or Dr. Pepper on a run. This is Dew is good too, but I prefer Dr. Pepper. Um, and just like, yeah, I stay hydrated a little bit. So I kind of had to rotate what I was drinking, but had the, the cliff blocks that had, I think it it was an emphasis on sodium and I had uh, Gatorade and body armor and water and all that kind of stuff on the side. Mm -hmm. And so it was nice because you weren't having to stick everything in your pockets. Like I think I just, I don't think I had anything on me the whole time because like it was small enough where my AirPods could reach everywhere I was at. So I would just leave my phone and and then if I got bored, like for a couple laps, I'd be texting people like during my walking portion, I always pick up my phone, text and then drop it back off. So it was nice. Like like it's a totally different experience, but it's still a marathon. It's still a marathon. It was still super tough. Um, But it was nice that you did like, we didn't have to figure out the logistic, like any crazy logistics of like how you're going to carry stuff. I feel like that's half of the battle is figuring out like what you're going to carry and stuff. Cause like for the race, I had like little belt bag and stuff. I threw everything in and then you're trying to figure out water and balance that. But as I got thirsty and as I needed stuff, I just, 30 seconds later I was in front of the the aid station again quote unquote and just got all my stuff and then like if I'd run for a while and I was thirsty I'd go grab my water and then walk a lap while I drank it and then just chuck it back and then keep running again and 
Yeah. Dude. That's so that is so cool. So how about the uh the mental side of it? Cuz that's definitely a factor if yeah, you're in a circle. That was the I think the hardest thing cuz it got really old really quick. If you go on the website, you'll see it's 630.04 mile laps. So that like the guys went out with a like one of those measuring little walkie things and they yeah. did the math and figured out it was 630 laps. Yeah. So, and the laps go by really, really quickly. So you're like, okay, like I can knock out a bunch of these, but it just gets really old really quick. Um, so during that time, let's think, what did I do at the beginning? I think I, I listened to scriptures and music for a while and then I, th- I was going to listen to a book, but then I honestly like just got sick of having something in my ears the whole time. And I took him out. There was like a little, there's a little coffee shop right next door. And people like that, I am seriously considering opening a coffee shop after that. Cause that place was like, we saw probably like two, one or 200 cars over the f- five hours we were there. Holy like cow. that thing was like making money. So yeah, you just provide Wi-Fi and a little fresh yeah, it was, and drinks. And- the, no, the crazy thing, it was just a drive through. That was it. It was no like, way. like it was probably like 20 feet by 12 feet max. Like it was this tiny little thing and cars were just going through. Like they were really quick at servicing people. I think there was two lanes, but people like their drinks from there, I guess. So more power to them. But I just ended up watching that and the line got long at times where it kind of wrapped around the roundabout just a tad. And so people would talk to us. So I ended up talking with quite a few people. I think we had like somewhere between, 30 to 50 people that were like, what are you guys doing? Cause like, obviously we knew why we were there. Like we wanted the glory of completing the whale thon but since it was so new, we were the second group of people. And the first group of people had just gone the week before. No one knew what it was after, obviously afterwards, like all these articles and stuff had to come out. Like we got, I got interviewed for an article, um, through some small news station, uh, in Salt Lake, but like there's been a KSL article and a Deseret news article that have dropped since, and so people are like, what are you guys doing? Like, cause they just saw, they saw us running round and round and round and round. Mm. They're like, how far are you going? We're like a marathon and their jaws would hit the ground. They're like, you guys are insane. Don't blame them. Yeah. I think I, hundred percent. Yeah. Cause we were just running in circles for literally five hours. So that five was, hours. It oh took me, gosh. I was just, I was the slowest one. Um, and I wasn't like trying to go you crazy were trying fast. To make a record marathon no. time on a. And I'm glad I did because this whole the like this past week I felt really great. Like afterwards, like because usually like after you start you're kind of wrecked. Yeah, you're super wrecked. But all like my back has hurt a little bit. Like the first ten minutes of it, after like leaning, I like tweaks my back or like I think I like pinched a nerve or something just from the leaning. Ooh. So I readjusted how I was running, and then it wasn't a problem afterwards. But over the last week, I've kind of felt my back just a little bit. Um, but yeah, other than that, haven't felt too bad. So that's so impressive. Yeah. It's, it's been fun. I just remember people like when people are like, Oh, what are you doing this weekend? I'm like running a marathon around a whale. And they're like, what? And so now it's come up. Like people have like seen articles and stuff. I've been getting tagged and a ton of stuff, especially on Twitter. It's been, or X or whatever it's called. It's blown up. And then, people have been like there's been more people that have done it and so i've sent like my strava screenshot in there and people like have been loving it so and like asking lots of questions have you seen the screenshots did you look at them at all uh kind of are you familiar with strava and, yeah, like, yeah what it looks like so this is literally it so it says <laughs> that's so incredible. it says 
this isn't my, my watch died. So I got my brother-in-law's like activity. It took me five Oh five 26. Like I had it going on my phone after that point, but it literally is just like, it says long run and it's just like a small little map and it's just loops and loops and loops and loops and loops and loops. So yeah, it's kind of, kind of fun, but it's just, I've been getting lots of great feedback and people have been loving it. Like the Strava community has started to pick up on it. So it's been fun to, the Strava community is a fun one. When it I, is. When I started training for the marathon, it was cool. Yeah, I had uh, now. Oh, yeah. You got to give me a follow. Oh, I actually yeah. stopped using it partway through the training because my roommate uh, showed me the Nike Run app. Oh, that one's good. It's really nice. And the way it gives you notifications for, like, your mile split. Totally. It's it's helpful. Totally. I just like I like Strava. I, I'm, I just followed you, so congrats. You now have six followers. Yes. That's big. That I like – I, so I just use my Apple Watch, and that tells me all the information. And then I import it to Strava just to um, – just to like for the social aspect of it because it's kind yeah. of fun to see what you got to get friend. kudos on your oh, runs. You, dude, I love getting kudos. You're about to get kudos and on people, your people like run. liking your pictures, and you can throw pictures in there about your run, you know, stop partway through and the cool view of the morning run oh, exactly. or whatever it is. Exactly, dude. You did this afternoon skateboard workout on here that is epic. <laughs> I'm liking that. You're going kind of quick on your board, I'm not gonna lie. Average speed 11.4 miles per hour. Oh, yeah, I think there was. I don't remember when That's that like was. It's like a five-minute mile. You're hauling. Oh, yeah. Dang. Was this just, was this just going down? Or did you go up and Yeah, back? I think that might have been the canyon. Okay, I was going to say, like, you were going really fast. That's like a five-minute yeah. mile. So sick. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. So, I mean, super fun. It's yeah. crazy that you were running a marathon I know. the rail. It was super it was super quick just because like obviously with the with, you know understand with marathons, you train for months. Yeah. And really like are really making sure the week of you're like doing everything, but all of a sudden it's like, Okay, like it's Wednesday and I'm doing this on Saturday, like I got a carb load and get really stretched out and stuff and not get hurt. So it was just fun. It's just it's just cool like seeing my progress. Like I've lost like twenty five pounds over the last year just like from no running. And just like seeing like, okay, like I'm like still in decent shape to the point where like I can just like pick up and do a marathon if I want to. So I'm trying to maintain that. It's felt good. And just like I've liked the results I've seen in my body and stuff like that. So gonna keep running and then hopefully get bigger and lift more and stuff. There you so go. yeah. It's good. Get sculpted and be oh yeah running marathons. That's the dream is just be able to be like I'm trying to yeah, trying to get that like honestly, not like be huge, but like I feel like that triathlon body where like it's just like you're solid you're and you're powerful. sculpted. You're powerful, yeah. but you're still functional. Yeah. Because I still like playing basketball and all that kind of stuff and wanna be able to run fast and run long and be strong. So Nice. Yeah. Well, that's awesome because I was so my the last episode I did was with my buddy Spencer. Interestingly enough, also your brother's name. Yes. Right. Um, and we were talking about the purpose of the podcast. In that, I'm trying to expand the horizons of you know the opinions and the ideals that I'm exposed to, mm-hmm. or the perspectives about life that I'm exposed to, and try and develop my perspective and my ability to articulate my opinions yeah and also hopefully bring some other people along the way to be able to be you know observers of that Mm -hmm. 
in kind of in the uh, search of personal excellence, right? Because the the title of the podcast being Rebellion of Excellence uh-huh. in that if we can become personally excellent physically, mentally, um, in a, on an intellectual basis or spiritually, you yeah. know, we're, we're more capable of living in a free way. Totally. Right? We're, we're not reliant on a drug or some sort of stimulant or, you know, um, assistance for moving outside of, you know, disability. But like when you're healthy and you're like, I feel good. I can just pick up and do a marathon if I want. It's like, you're free. Yeah. You're just, I don't know. You're capable, totally. which is like such a, a, um, brings a lot of clarity, I think to life. Totally. Cause I just recently, I, unlike you, I haven't been running half marathons since I ran mine, dude. You're I good. ran mine in May and I've probably run, well, until this week, like eight miles since that marathon. Did you get back? Though? And I'm getting back. So I just yesterday ran like 4.7 miles. And you. then today. What was your pace? 940. That's amazing. Was, yeah, I wasn't like, I wasn't trying to like book it. Dude, just get out there yeah. and get going. Yeah. And then today I was like, right before I headed over here, I was like, okay, I just need to make sure I run again. Just keep it consistent. Love so it. then I uh, went out. I just set a 45 minute timer. Nice. Not 45 minutes, but I'll go 45 minutes total Good just you. see, you know, wh- how, how long I can end up going. So then today was, I was going a little faster. I, like my body's already conditioning back in. Good. It ended up being 47 minutes, but. At an eight twenty six pace, I did oh, five dude, point five miles. Good for you, man. Yeah, so I was like, I'm feeling good. Love it. You know, getting back. I still, I'm, I've been lifting a lot more recently. Totally. Um, and like currently with my health goals, fitness goals is like I was trying. I'm trying to get to like to be two hundred pounds, mm-hmm. but like kind of maintain whatever lean to muscle mass ratio I'm at right now. Totally. You know, so wanna. I've been bulking up a bit. I'm like, okay, I Heck can yeah. feel it. You know, I squish a little bit more on some Good. spots. It's going to be squishy. So, <laughs> yeah. So we're getting there. So sick. But I was uh, texting a, a a good friend of mine. He's like, um, basically like a younger brother of mine uh-huh. um, yesterday when we were talking about the podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, I told him, oh, yeah, I'm having Braden Year on. You know, it's uh He's just a buddy of mine. We were in MCO together. Yep. This kid, Charlie, oh. was also in MCO. Oh, cool. um, and he's like, oh, does he, you're, does he have a uh, a brother named Spencer? I was uh-huh. like, yeah, for sure. Yes. And then he's like, no way. He's like my favorite kid at MCO. We were like best friends the whole What's time. What's Charlie's last name? Amade. Don't know him. Okay. Yeah. I, he, I think he came in as Kate and I, or as you had left and Kate yeah. and I were both cool. kind of in. Um He's from our area. Cool. Like we all kind of grew up together. Oh, nice. Um, but he was just like ecstatic to hear about like oh, this. Good. So he's he's very excited to to hear what Let's Spencer's go. older brother's like. Oh, good. Yeah, Spen- it's been fun. So Spencer's been on his mission in Omaha, Nebraska. He just finished his second transfer, speaking Spanish. Is his mission president, um, President Bailey? Are they farmers? Yes. From like from Ephraim, Utah. Yes. He was my ward mission leader. No way. When I served in Ephraim. Really? Yeah. He's one, he one of my favorite people in the world. That's crazy. Yeah, I think it is. He, me, he is such a wonderful man. Yeah, let me let me verify that. 
Tom and Michelle Bailey. They are, yeah. Yeah. In case they ever hear this. It's President Bailey. That's that's so funny. Dang, small world. Um, But yeah, so he's been out for, he just started his third transfer. Was in the Mexico MTC learning Spanish. um, And just got transferred to a new area. He's finishing the training of another Spanish missionary and he's district leader. So he. Holy cow. He's just cranking. he's he's he's, He's a stud, man. So that's so crazy yeah. to think Spencer's on a mission. I know. So it's been fun because now he's like asking questions about like how I approach things. Cause like when I was on mission, when I was on my mission, like when I get back three and a half years ago ish, uh-huh. he was like, I don't think as super invested. Cause obviously you, you don't kind of get it until you go chilling in high school. You didn't. But now it's been fun because our conversations have changed and it's been fun to hear about how he's progressing and how the people that he's serving are also progressing. That's awesome, bro. Yeah, super sick. So fun. That's funny though that you know the Baileys. Yeah. What's he like? Because I like heard little things, but I'd love to. He, the way he talks is like the way like most of Central and Southern Utah. I don't know if you spent much time like in small towns around there, uh-huh. but it's almost like everybody is a wannabe Southern, like country person. I've heard that. And he has like a drawl. Does he? Oh, that's awesome. He's, he's like he's so kind, and. Also, he's one of the most humble people. Yeah, that's I've heard too. I, I know. Like like you said, farmers. Uh-huh. That's like an understatement. He runs a company that ships hay internationally. I've heard like they're mega wealthy. He like served his mission in Taiwan, so he speaks Chinese and he Dang. uh he you know, flies all over. We uh we, there was like four of us. We were kind of serving in like a quad when we were in that area. Totally. Um and we, he like took us out on a P day. We we're riding around in his truck and then he's like, you guys want to see my, my, uh, my private jet. And we're like, yeah, we do. That's so he pulls out. We go to the airport. He's like, says hi to everybody. He's just like the man, you know, like if there, if like there's the mayor or whatever, but then there's like Tom also the mayor, you know, he's just like knows everybody. That's cool. Everybody's taking care of him. We get in there and he's got his, his private jet in there. And it's like an actual, like, turbine jet right that's so sick I don't know what you call that um and then he's got two prop cessnas oh, in there because nice. he's just a pilot and so is his son and his son's just like a commercial or not commercial but like a private pilot that's really cool for him but then for other people and Dang. so they're just like the, the kindest people and that's you cool, would cool. never guess yeah that he runs all those companies the truck we were riding around was his bigger truck uh-huh. but he's like i only drive this every once in a while his daily is like this beat up old chevy colorado Dang. Like the little, like, uh, trim panels, uh-huh. like are kind of falling off. Like they, like, I think the glue on everyone that year was like falling you know, just bad glue or whatever oh, it was. Dang. Cause my buddy, his dad has the same truck, same exact panel on the back door kind of falling off. It's just it's like manufacturing error. Just, yeah. And he's, I don't know. That's cool. Like I, as- like I aspire to get to the point where like, obviously you have the resources to do what you need to do, but you're just content with life. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I feel like in society, like for example, my, I was texting my, my in-laws, they're my brother-in-law and his wife. Um, they, um, have a neighbor that just came home with like a $450,000 Ferrari and was just texting about how they, that he spent like a hundred grand on upgrades alone. Just like when you go personalize it, you can add all these different yeah. like, bells and whistles and stuff. And so he bells and whistled that thing out and has a $450,000 car. I'm like, 
dang, like, obviously, like, that's cool, good for him, but, like, I don't want to get to that point where, like, I need to get that kind of stuff to feel, like, to obviously not feel fulfilled, but, like, to feel things that, like, replace fulfillment to my mind, if that Mm. makes sense. Because I don't feel like those things are fulfilling, but they might replace, they might make you feel fulfilled, but you're obviously not fulfilled. It's, like, the temporary kind of physical gratification or gratification that yeah. that is similar to fulfillment totally. or happiness totally it's just like this short term high or band-aid solution or whatever you yeah. want to call it to that that's interesting yeah well and that's like that's not really the goal no i mean if you have the resources and it's actually not just to replace those things but you know you collect cars or yeah. whatever like you know, you're going to upgrade the things you collect as you get totally. enough resources. If you're at that point, do it. But totally, if your goal is to do that, I mean, it seems more on the vain side. Yeah. Material things are so silly. I just like think about all the silly things I get. I'm like, why? Yeah. Do I need it? And I think back to my brother Spencer on his mission and I think back to where I was at and I was like, so content with life. And I had no wants nor cares in the world um and now i'm just like bro i am like a product of society Mm. telling me to get the next thing and stuff like that and now like this next year i'll graduate from byu and now i'm like looking at jobs and trying to figure out how much i'm gonna make at different roles and things like that it's just Mm. man life is silly life is silly life is silly well it's filled with so many things that are grabbing at your attention and they're all, you know, important to like have the job and be making the money, Totally. but they feel so insignificant. If you have the perspective of like your family or the gospel or, you know, meeting new people and helping them, totally like making a good impression on other people. Yeah. I feel like you really, really need to have things that ground you. It's just, it's been interesting too, just seeing, I have some friends that I've talked with recently that like don't have initially things grounding them. Like one of them's like, yeah, like I'm graduating from BYU, but I'm nervous because all these people I've seen who are like, like just a couple years older than me, like feel like they have no purpose and they don't have anything and they're just like trying to make money and they're all miserable and then he's like, I see other people that are like that are married and starting families and they're not making as much, but they are so much happier. Mm-hmm. And it's really important that I think people make that distinction. Cause like, um, you can get, you can get so involved in like worldly things and like what people th- deem success yeah. that just because you're lacking the things that matter most, you end up really sad and a lot of people end up really depressed and stuff. So really important to um, keep the important things first and be able to distinguish what the important things are. Yeah. That's an awesome perspective. Yeah. I, I've seen that. I think with, with friends of mine, even like not even at the stage of marriage and Mm -hmm. like having kids, but it's like, they might just be doing like the, the monotonous things all the time. And I've fallen into this too, you know, just like maybe not in the long term. I don't feel like I'm necessarily like a real sad person. Yeah. I'm I'm generally pretty happy. I, yeah, I'm I'm like happy. You're a happy pretty guy. upbeat guy. Yeah, same. As they 
you know, comparatively speaking. Um, totally. But but having purpose or having a goal that you're working towards brings so much. It brings that ful- ful- fulfillment that we were talking about mm-hmm. into the process of life as opposed to just like the results. You know, like I'm sure if you have purpose and you're working towards whatever your degree is, you know, going to school, doing those monotonous things, you know, having late nights with homework or, you know, being uh, maybe more of a recluse socially because of assignments or because of maybe a church calling or whatever it is, but you're fulfilling something, you can find a lot of joy during those things Totally. or at least see the beauty in, you know, being productive and helping, you know, grow yourself or, you know, help your wife out or help totally friends of yours. Yeah. I've definitely seen that. Like be ever since getting married, like I have seen my fulfillment and performance in a lot of things increase. Like now, like I don't, I'm not as social as I was, but like I am, I, it is a trade off. I'm more than happy to make like, um, People, not, some people were asking me about marriage a little bit ago because I've been I've been married for just over like uh just under a year and a half. So basically, I'm an expert. You're an expert. Whole, yeah, I'm you've been expert. doing it for a year and a half straight. But people are like, "What's like something you've learned over the last year?" And th- I think there's a scripture that can say it better than anything else, and that is, it is. Uh, what is the verse exactly? Oh, it is not good for man to be alone. Exactly. I have seen the quality of my life, the food I eat, the activities I participate in, and everything else go absolutely – oh, and my grades, bro, go through the roof ever since getting married. And um, I feel like the my priorities that I have and the things I do compared to people that are in almost identical situation except not being married are way different. Hmm. And it's just been interesting to look at like – like just like I've just like gone over a few like statistical studies like in my major about like just um, the differences like recently in an economics class we were talking about um, how they determine like for example uh, insurance rates and things like that and just like one of the biggest factors is like married versus non-married yeah I think for, for car men, insurance for men it's like way higher oh yeah so when they're not when they're unmarried 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 um young adult males have very expensive car insurance but it's been cool because i've like seen like when i was getting quotas and stuff as i took over my car insurance over the last year like like i'm clicking all these different boxes or i was on the phone with a lady and she's like oh are you married i'm like yeah she's like oh nice this is gonna drop a ton like because they're trying to find me the uh, the best deal so they're saving you money for uh, all the other expenses that come with it it's nice because yeah exactly because like i've just like my car insurance now like responds to how i drive i have like the app on all the time but like it used to be like starting in the 90s and now it's like my last bill was like 50 bucks for the month so that's so nice yeah i've been uh much better significantly different than mine much more conservative driver since i got married and my wife is very happy about that did you watch psych Uh uh-uh in high school oh okay i watched psych like i watched the whole thing and then i actually restarted it just recently okay um it's on my list of shows so you know about it yeah i do know about it so the main character sean Uh um in the beginning he drives a motorcycle and he's like 
you know, he's the bad boy. That's like his thing is mm-hmm. he's riding around on his motorcycle. That's not like a main focal point of the show. However, he later begins uh, a relationship with this love interest. And um, I, I believe there was like a point of conflict where maybe the relationship was deteriorating. And so he's trying to amend it. And he's like giving this long speech about, you know, why he wants to be with her. And he goes, like, you know why I bought a car? And she's like, no. He's like, because when I met you, I wanted, I didn't, I no longer wanted to ride that motorcycle. I actually had something to drive safely for. You know, I was like, dang. <laughs> what a guy. It was a great, a great moment. And it was just like me as like, you know, my 16 year old or 17 year old stuff was like, wow, that's like really good. <laughs> Dude, it's true though. Like, love changes behavior. And like right now, for one of my, HR classes I have to do before I graduate. We're talking about likely to write, um, I think it's like a 1600 word essay about what motivates us. And I was like brainstorming my topic the other day, but I recently decided I'm just going to do it on love is like my motivating factor. And I think there's some different ways you can go with it. But like that example, I think love is a really big motivator. Like for example, he really loved her and wanted to change. And it's cool to see how action, how, um, motivators change people and their intents and things like that. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I'm, I'm interested. I've, uh, talked with my parents about marriage mm-hmm. and what that's like, what it needs to look like. Um, and I'm sure you have also talked in depth with your parents totally. before being married about what it was supposed to look like and mm-hmm. what you should be doing best practices in order to make it a healthy and, and productive marriage. Yeah. Um, but I want to hear from your perspective since you're a year and a half in to oh, being yeah. a pro expert, expert w- status. What, what are some key things that have helped you or that you've noticed that maybe were deteriorating it at points and you fixed it? Yeah. Um, great question. Or it's, both of you, not just, not just you alone. I think the three biggest things that I've seen is that you really like, obviously you love the person and if you really love them, you'll put their needs above your own, mm. which I've seen is really big. And I've, it's been cool to see that, how that's changed me. And like, I've definitely seen that in my life. You need to be humble and you need to communicate. Those are like the biggest three. Like if you can prioritize their needs above your own, be humble and communicate, there's nothing you can't do. And consequently, those are the three hardest things to do. It's because it gets really easy not to communicate and really easy to like think about yourself and really easy to prioritize your own needs. I think the prioritizing that person's needs and humility go really, really hand in hand. But communication is like a really, really, um, really important thing. Cause if you can like, obviously the point of the show is to, is to learn how to better articulate and describe your thoughts, which I think is really cool. But in a marriage, if you're able to do that, if you're able to really, um, express how you feel and um, be calm about like your thoughts and make sure that like they understand where you're coming from then you can do anything together mm. and it's been cool because like we obviously like my wife and I love each other tons she's the best shout out Tiff you're a babe um, obviously you love each other but you still are different people and you're still um, 
living together and having to figure out that aspect. I, you, you'll definitely see as you get married that obviously you still always love each other, but there are times where you don't like each other and that is mm. totally normal and totally okay. Huh. It's like mission comps. I love, oh, all, I love, oh, yeah. I love all my mission comps. I didn't like all my mission comps. This is true. But I In think case any of my companions are listening. I do love all of you guys as people. I did not like all of you at every moment and that's we'll totally that. and that's totally normal and that's life um i saw c- both of us coming from like having served missions in the past like the companionship inventory and learning how to talk about your feelings and just like mm. be straight up with each other is like really really important um i feel like those skills i thought were super silly at the time and like looking through like preach my gospel and then talking about it and being like, I didn't like how you did this. I'm like, that's, that's stupid. That's really cheesy. But it's like really solid. Now that I look back, I'm like, dang, they were they were low-key cooking with this one. A hundred percent. It's a concise and direct way to communicate. Mm-hmm. And if you can, like you said, yeah, control or, or, you know, understand your emotions as you're trying to convey yeah, how you do things or how you want things to be done. Totally. I think another really important thing is being able to, instead of like being accusatory, be like, you did this, yada, yada, you say, hey, this made me feel sad. Like, they can't get mad about how you feel. Like, yeah, um, they don't control your feelings. So mm-hmm. it's not like you're accusing them of. You're saying what yeah. they did made you feel this way. And usually they're like, oh, like, shoot, like, I'm sorry. Like, totally my bad. Usually it's me because I'm a boy and I'm silly. And I'm not usually doing silly stuff. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's been cool to see how much um, I've grown, how I've developed as a communicator. I'm no wise in no ways perfect, but I feel like I have seen lots of improvement myself and, and in her too. It's been, it's been a cool little journey to see. That is always a beautiful thing to watch somebody grow. Um, I was just talking to a friend of mine about my younger brothers Mm -hmm. and how I have six of great guys, great guys. They're all great guys. They're solid people. And they've gone through seasons where they were brats. I'm including myself in this. You know, they were brats and they weren't the great guys that they can be at, you know, most of the time. And now I'm watching them having changed, you know, Cade being on a mission. Mm -hmm. And it was like. When does he come home? April. Dang. He's coming home soon. It's so crazy. It's so exciting. What a guy. Yeah. But, you know, it was like a whole process for him to get out. Um with Ethan, you know, Ethan has changed a ton just in this past year. It was like he, you know, I love chatting with my parents about what my brothers are up to uh-huh. and like getting the scoop, you know, Oh, oh so-and-so has yeah. just been such a pain. You know, they haven't been doing this lately or whenever they try and talk to me, they always talk to me in this way. And like, you know, this is what's going on. It's love like it. hilarious. And then I get to reprimand him a little bit and be like, come on guys. Good. Like leave mom alone. <laughs> um, but he would, you know, he, he just like matured so much in the year leading up to leaving on his mission uh-huh. and it was awesome to see. And then he came up and ran the marathon with me. Yeah. So we spent that week together. Um, we went on some trail runs just cause you know, that the week of, I didn't want to do any long runs. So we, I think we did like maybe seven miles total that oh, week, good. you know, you a taper. Yeah. Yeah. So then it was like, we got to talking so much and I could see his spiritual maturity shining through so much and his like genuine desire to just 
help people and like be a good person and how he felt like he hadn't leading up to that and he was recognizing it and there was like so much for him to do so much potential yeah and me watching it i could see the potential in him already being manifested like he's now a missionary he's now somebody serving people yeah constantly so you talking about watching you know you grow yourself and uh-huh. then your wife i i in a minor way understand that yeah. through watching my family it's it's really cool seeing people because that's the whole point of of mortality is to change and to slowly become um more like god yeah and um over and just uh take life and these experiences and grow from them so it's 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 so cool to see um so cool to see people that you really love and care for grow and align their will with god i think that's the coolest thing is just to see people um grow and develop and um I feel, like, I feel like you probably feel I feel the same way I feel a sense of pride in seeing that too because you just love and care for these people and they're doing the right thing like yeah there's nothing better than that it's like seeing the people that you want to see succeed doing the things necessary for them to succeed yeah yeah there's definitely a sense of pride as I watch my younger brothers grow up and to be men and then go through high school and totally. be successful in sports or learn to drive or whatever it is that they're doing even like my baby brothers like yeah seeing them start sports like my six-year-old brother he's like playing quarterback a bunch on his little flag football team and he can actually huck the ball like he's got an arm on him already and then the one just older than him is like he's like the sweetest like most spiritually connected like nine-year-old i've ever met in my life i it's fun because we think the world of them, I, it's so fun to see them change and grow, but I can't imagine what they think of you. Just looking up to you, mm. they're like, wow, Kobe's got it so <laughs> dialed, bro. Like, and it's cool because- If only they knew. No, <laughs> they see you're a hero to them, I bet. Um, but yeah, it's really important too. This is like we admire and like are proud of them growing. It's really important that we remember that they look to us more than- we could ever know because like my brother my youngest brother's 10 and so um it's fun because um i get to hear about his life and check in with him in sports and stuff but like afterwards my mom would be like he had the best time talking to you he is so excited he's talking to all his friends that his older brother's graduating college and it's just it's cool to see That's so interesting uh-huh Cause so you're the oldest, right? Second, 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 second to seven. So who's who's older than you? My sister Caitlin. So I think we're just staggered because my sister's 25, oldest sister 25, and then youngest brother's 10, uh-huh. and you're what 22? Yeah, I'm 22. And youngest brother's six. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just sta- we're just staggered off by one. Gotcha. But, so crazy. I know. So I I didn't realize you had an older sister. I mm-hmm. thought you were the oldest. No, I'm the. S- so so you understand a bit watching an older sibling. Mm-hmm. I like I struggle to comprehend how people how, how my younger brothers view me. Mm-hmm. And it's like for the good things, you know, that you know, maybe their their pride in me and whatever yeah. I'm doing, but also in how they view when I'm being mean to them or when I've, you know, belittled them. Like yeah. I j- it's I don't know. I feel like that's a kind of weakness of mine is like I need to work on 
being able to see from their perspective totally. or at least understand what it's like to have your older sibling, you know? Yeah. Obviously it's different cause it's a sister as opposed to, I feel like if I had an older brother, it'd be different, but yeah. obviously I'm grateful for my, my older sister, but it's, it's cool. Cause I feel like she set a really good example of like, um, faith and determination. Like she served a mission and stuff. And so, um, it was cool cause I got right before I left on my mission, we, I got a, I got endowed up in at the Salt Lake temple just cause I had family up here and grandpa was a temple worker there and all that kind of stuff. So it was cool to make covenants with people so close, but also another thing I did while I was up here is I got to spend a day with her and her companion, her mission president gave me permission. So I went to, um, all these different appointments that they had. She was serving up in Salt Lake city, Oh, no, it was the Ogden mission at the time. I think it's changed now. But um, she was in the Ogden mission, and it has been it was cool because I got to see her as now, like, going from my sister to serving and being a disciple of Christ. And um, just cool. Like, like, it really inspired me to want to work really hard and to be dedicated as a missionary um, just because I had seen – I saw how much she changed. Mm. And so that was a really – I think a really pivotal moment for me. Like I just, I didn't realize how much magnitude I had until just now as I reflected on it, but like, um, has definitely impacted me in my life. That's awesome. Yeah. Super cool. Huh. I'm excited to, to watch as my brothers come home from their missions, see the kind of men they've become. Yeah. Cause I, I, I know I've v- at least viewed and kind of felt a difference with Cade just in like our conversations. Totally. Um, Again, I was telling a friend of mine about him just on the experience of him being on the mission and we were like at each other's throats so much through high school and middle school. How far are you guys apart? Eight, 15 months. That's exactly why. Yeah. Yeah. That's so fun. So it's like we were, you know, as babies, we were like tight and just were like little rascals just bumping around together. Uh And then, you know, middle school, high school, it was like we were just dead set on hating each other and that's like something i definitely uh wish i could have done differently just to that's the extent well, if you hadn't done it differently you wouldn't appreciate what you have now yeah yeah so it's, it's a um canon event as they say canon event there you it go it has to happen <laughs> gotta and, have gotta have and, the rotten times to appreciate and, the and it really it, you're right i i wouldn't appreciate maybe to the full, to the extent that i am developing this appreciation for our relationship totally because I value our relationship so much more and understand that I don't want to dislike him. I want to be best friends with my brother because I see my dad's relationship with his brothers and he's got a ton of siblings. Right. And Uh actually when my dad's oldest brother passed away um, a couple years ago and viewing that was heartbreaking and to put myself in that position, I was on the mission at the time when he, when he passed. So I, I watched the funeral on zoom and I got to see his siblings get up and talk about his influence on them and, and the relationship they had with him. And I was just the whole time just picturing what it would be like being at one of my brother's funerals. Dang. And I was just like heartbroken. That's sobering for, yeah, it really was. And, and it made me, you know, it's like those kind of moments of being valiant that you like, you just want to change everything all of a sudden, you know, you totally. just want to like make everything right. And it was definitely one of those moments, but the the picture has stuck with me and I've 
sought to, and I think Kate has had the same realization that, you know, to just amend whatever bridge we may have broken, whatever the instance is, you know, we've gotten into arguments even now that he's been on the mission over the phone. And then 30 seconds later, we're, we're apologizing. We're trying to just make it better and be like, dude, I love you still. That's, you know, we're good. That that's exactly how marriage is too. Cause you real you get in fights about the dumbest little things and you're like, what are we doing? Yeah. And I think that's a really important thing to, if you can keep maintaining that, um, you'll be in great shape. So he gets back, he gets back in April, right? You said April. He's in a room together. <laughs> no. Why? No, that's gonna, well, actually maybe, you know, in the interim, the dude is getting married. Really? Yeah. You know, which, which you know, girl, you know, Penelope Jacobs. No. You don't know her? Was he dating her before? He he, he was. Was um, he like, was he, do you remember he, she, ta- um, he was her, do you know the Aquabats? Yes. Okay. It's Christian Second. Jacobs. I'm walking over to get my water okay. really quick. Here. Oh, I can hand it to you if you need. Oh, you got it? Yeah. So Christian Jacobs is Penelope's dad. Christian Jacobs is the lead singer of the Aquabats and the Bat Commander featured in the show. It's like, I'm going to look these guys up. It's the uh, the ska band that several of my uncles, both on my mom and my dad's side, started listening to back in like '95 when they began their. Her. Yes. At a boy. Yeah. So, they uh, they they had dated. I want to say for almost a year. I think almost a year before he left, um, she was an MCO. I'd say was she. Yeah. He was, you know, crushing on her. In high school. She's a year older than me, I think. Go Cougs. Go Cougs. Kate is, Kate is, you know. He's a cougar hunter. He's a hunter. We'd love to see it. <laughs> He's on the prowl. I am too. <laughs> We'd love to see it. And, uh, no, so he was, like, hitting on her. He, like, did his cheesy pickup line to her as, like, a 14-year-old kid hitting on the older high school girls. And they just continued to like each other through, you know, till he was, like, an adult finally and then he started going out with her and and she was actually a big impact in helping him prepare for his mission because he was you know had made some some choices that made him less prepared and you know and he was just like needing to fix you know his habits and and she was a huge influence on you know his desire to be worthy of a mission to be worthy of eventually becoming a husband and father dang in the future and so when's that when's that all going down uh i want to say it's in july no it, way it, they're there so kate if you, you know when you eventually listen to this we're not laughing at you but we're laughing at the idea of what's happening he's uh what they originally were set for may 4th and so he was going to be married like something like two weeks or like Holy a month crap. you know like after getting back Jeez. Which I cannot comprehend. No. I'm two years back from my mission this month, and I'm scared still. So Dude, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm scared, and I'm married. <laughs> so they said it. They I live, with, it I live to, with the girl, bro. It's terrifying. Yeah, man. <laughs> Holy cow. All right. That boy, that boy, Cade. So, so we'll, uh, I, I can't wait to see how it goes. Not like in, in, a, in like a doubting way, but I'm just so excited to see how they how they are together. And yeah. She looks super cool. I'm looking at her Instagram right now. Yeah. Like she is an awesome, she's an awesome girl. She's, she's a return missionary as well. Just 
We love to see it. We love well put together and just we knows love return missionary girls. Knows who she is and what she wants to do and she's just she's a great girl. She's been a blessing for Cade for sure. So sick. Yeah. So so no, I don't know if we'll be rooming. Maybe I'll like house him, you know, <laughs> until he gets hitched. But. I'll have him over for to stay in my guest bedroom for yeah. one night. Yeah. So I can say he lived here at one point. That's good. We'll, Dang. We'll need that. Where's the wedding gonna be? I think in I really I really do not know. I know they're like picking out venues and stuff already, Holy but crap. like crap. It's so crazy, dude. Holy crap. I mean think about five months before your wedding. What were you doing? getting engaged yeah i literally just like had gotten engaged holy cow (laughs) yeah so he's uh they're serious deadly serious so super serious okay well sending good vibes their way hope everything goes well yeah yeah i you know it'll be good um you know he'll get to listen to this and hear what brayden's got to say on marriage and so he can prepare. Love your wife. Love your wife. But also do companionship inventory. Do on companionship the inventory. Learn Here, it. Here's the best piece of advice I've ever heard in my entire life. This advice is not to be completed before you're married. Kiss your wife with the passion of a thousand wild horses. I think that's the quote. I'm so who, sure. who said this? It's my cousins. That's like, oh, I was okay. like, that was like 17 at the time. I was like, my guy is money. <laughs> You were 17 when he said this or did, was he 17? He was 17. I had just, he was telling my brother-in-law this before he got married to my sister. (laughs) Like, one second, let me find it. That's so awesome. It was unreal. I heard that. He's a stud, I'm sure. Okay, this is what he said. Always kiss your wife with the passion and intensity of a thousand wild horses. That's beautiful. It is. You're going to have to text that to me so I can can put that into my, my marriage notes. Josh Sanders. But don't do it before. But not before. But not before. Do not kiss your wife with that. With that pa- oh. Maybe like a single wild horse. Give her a little kiss every once in a yeah. while, but don't get too don't get too crazy. It's like that is sent over. It's like my wife is texting me from Hackathon right now. She's with a bunch of nerds, and oh. she's saying the girl to guy ratio is crazy. There's like thirty guys, three girls, so. Slim pickings for the boys, cause Slim pickings. my wife is not going anywhere. Got it on lock, but I got it on lock. That's awesome. Yeah, good stuff. Wow, I was gonna ask on the topic of marriage as well. This yeah. is something my parents always talk about: yes. the importance of dating. Dude, your you have, spouse. You have to date your spouse. Let's hear it. What's the scoop on it? Dude, honestly, just find little things to do. Last Friday, we didn't. I don't think we did any specific dates this week but we went and um went to the pumpkin patch last friday after school like we both i we both worked for a bit on friday then like we got out like three and then like let's go to the pumpkin patch as you can see my are two pumpkins we did not carve them but they are here for the decor aspect and they're they're great but um just going and like having fun together and like because so many people like get really um complacent and just like don't nourish their marriage um like it's like keeping anything alive you have to really feed it and you have to um you have to give it all it all its nutrients and i feel like dating your spouse is a really really big one that people often neglect really quickly because they get 
really comfortable. Yes, you do get comfortable. Yes, you may get a little fat your first year of marriage because you get so uh, comfy and be with them, but you you cannot drop the ball when it comes to dating, to continuing to date your spouse. Um, one thing I've done that's really helped with that and just like trying to keep the spark alive, as they say, is I always open my wife's door. Like she at this point, she's probably forgotten how to open a door. Awesome. Ooh, someone's good. Though. Someone teach her, but I actually don't teach her because she'll keep me around, help open doors. But I always open her car door, which has been, um, I think good. And people have always been um, impressed with, um, it's really simple, but I think it adds up over time and it's really important to do the little things because the little things, um, really matter as you mm. do them, uh, over time. But yeah, always date your spouse it's obviously it's pretty easy right now because it's just two of us and like whether that is like going to to um cold stone and getting like a half gallon of her ice cream and watching netflix together and hanging out or like going out and seeing a movie or yada yada you or going to the pumpkin patch it's really important that you guys spend time with just you two and we'll have to figure out how to cr- approach that um as we have kids because it will get tougher and yeah but um, the goal is to do date night at least once a week and make sure you're spending time together. And sometimes it's homework dates because she's doing her master's program and I'm slammed doing a bunch of credits for my undergrad program and we're busy, but um, ultimately it's all just about prioritizing your marriage above everything else. Love it. Yeah. That's awesome. That's good advice for me too. We need yeah. to start not start. I guess I'm kind of still on the path. Yeah. Focusing on. Are you dating anyone right now? Am I what? Are you dating anyone right now? No. Nope. I. Uh, He's so handsome. Ladies, get after him. Yeah. In case you can't tell by my voice. He's so sexy. <laughs> I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm uh, trying. Good. You know? I'm going. I actually have a date tonight, so. <whistles> that'll that'll be fun. What are you yeah. guys doing? We're going to put together a puzzle while we have a movie on in the background. We're first going to grab some food. Dude, that's wholesome. Yeah. That's what I'm talking think, about. I think it's going to be good. Play your day now. I want to make sure we don't go to It's it. whenever this ends. Okay. So. We'll get you out of here kind of soon. Yeah. Dude, that's. It's also that, the weekend, so I, you know, I can party it up tonight. Deal. Good. Dude, that's good because a lot of people try to do these really, really exquisite things. But honestly, dating, you're just trying to get to know that other person yeah, and like make an informed decision. It's really interesting. Um, my econ teacher, his name is Professor Curl. He's like very notorious. Like if you have had a parent that has gone to BYU any time between the, the 80s to now and taken economics, it's probably been from him. Like the dude is ancient. Whoa. Like in his late 70s early 80s ancient and like has taught at BYU his entire time but he gave some really good advice when it comes to dating and like obviously making um decisions for like the future with like marriage and stuff like that and he said if you were to go on another date with this person and not learn a single like if you like you were to go into this date tonight and you weren't able to learn anything else about her either drop her or get married Hmm. because like obviously you're not gonna like you can't learn everything about a person. It's just like impossible. It's like trying to, it's tr- like trying to stop all crime. Like it's really easy to get all the people that are robbing banks and different things like that. But when it comes time to it, like um, getting every single person that jaywalks 
or like steals candy from a candy store it just gets more and more expensive and the opportunity cost is so much higher when you're doing those sorts of things Mm. so if you can learn just if you can realize you can't learn everything about them but if you can learn all the big things and then make decisions big time so learn the important things that you're going to base your decision off of. Exactly, because some some of you love to go into it with the steak dance questions of with the red your, flags. What color is your toothbrush? And yeah. silly things like that. But it's important that you knock out the big things out of the way. First, sorry, I'm just looking at my fridge. Um, and one thing that I did, so like one thing that I saw that was really big with me and Tiffany's like dating turning into a marriage was that. Um, she was taking marriage prep at the time from BYU. There's a lady named Tammy Hill who just retired, but um, she taught the class for years. And she like had a list of like 150 things to talk about before marriage. And pretty early on, we realized that what we were like when we were dating, we we're like, okay, like we both dated a bunch. Like we're kind of done of like the surface level like dates. Like let's like figure this out. And we sat and we talked about these big topics pretty quickly like within like the first few weeks of dating we were like visiting this big old list because we weren't playing games and um we like had totally said like like, hey like we're trying to figure this out and either like honestly get married or like get other people because of that because a lot of people like date to get to know other people and like that's super cool but like if you're just dating just to have someone to just kiss and stuff like how productive is that it's really? not super productive yeah. so we were very intentional very quickly about talk talking about the big ticket um things and um we saw it be really really productive for us and um made our decision relatively quickly after that we got started dating you want to move the mic just oh, right in sorry your mouth sorry i'm so You're holding it off to the side and now i'm looking at the audio and it's like going smaller and smaller oh, oh like, my oh bad dear. sorry i hope you can hear me now but um yeah, we were su- just super intentional about talking about the things that matter to us. And then when it came time to make decisions, it was a no-brainer. Because a lot mm-hmm. of people like will go really surface level and get really nervous to talk about the big, th- the bigger things. And then by the time it becomes time where like, you should start making a decision of some sort, they're like, well, I don't have any information on that. I don't know. Like, so yeah. re- really... Like, it's kind of awkward at first like, to talk about those things, but like talk about the big things. And... Um, if you talk, if you make sure that like your fundamentals and your values like line up, like everything else will fall into place. No, oh. I'd be interested in seeing what do you have this I have the list. list of 150. I've sent to a ton of different people that have been really curious. Well, um, send it to me. I'm on that list of curious people. See if I can find I'm it. sure a lot of them are the the classic things that you know you might think of off the top totally. of your head. Questions to ask before marriage. I'll read a couple. Let's hear him. Um, so, like, for this one, like, what does Sabbath day observance look like to you? What things do you feel are inappropriate to do on the Sabbath? How do you prefer to spend your Sabbath? Like, you wouldn't normally think of that, like, from the get-go, but, like, a lot of people have a lot of really differing opinions yeah. and things they I do. I guess I've never asked anybody that. So, like, that's good because people, like... Whether they, they think it or not, they everyone has opinions on something. And so it's really important to make sure that, like, either, like, because some of the things, like, for example, like, with spending and budgeting, like, we've kind of figured out as we've gone, like, 
Um, I'm definitely a little bit more on the spendy side and she's more on the savey side, but because we got married, we've gotten married so young, I've been able to adjust my behavior and it's not that hard because the concrete is still wet in a sense. Yeah. But for people that get married later on, like that might be a really, really big deal for them. And like different things like that. Interesting. So it's important that like, I think a big advantage of like getting married young is like, First of all, you learn how to be scrappy together because you're both poor and you're just figuring things out. And also just like a lot of things you can figure out like together, like, and you can adjust behavior because we're both young and figuring you're still, things out. you're still developing your totally. behaviors. That's an interesting thought that I've heard people express like men who get married, like in their late thirties, you know, it's like it's they kind of come into the marriage with a mindset of these are the things I do. This, this is my is, lifestyle. I don't want you to change it. Yeah. And like, this is how it's going to be. Cause like for that, for until that point, like it was like, yeah, but yeah. And let me, let me look at a couple other ones. Um, how did you celebrate Christmas growing up? How many gifts did each child receive and of what approximate value did you draw names for exchanging gifts between family members or give to everyone? Did you spend the holidays with extended family or with just immediate family? Cause holidays have been interesting. Cause you go into it with this expectation of, Oh, like it's going to be like this. And the other person's like, no, it's going to be like this. And so like right now, like we'll, we'll uh, have completed a cycle of like holiday, a full holidays because uh, or at least like the big ones like Thanksgiving and Christmas because last year we spent Thanksgiving with my family and then Christmas with hers and then in just a couple of weeks we'll head down to Arizona to spend Thanksgiving with hers and then Christmas with mine and then we'll go back to the other person for New Year's. So it's definitely it's definitely interesting flipping off because you're getting a full you're getting the full experience for stuff. Interesting. Yeah, let me. Yeah, see. that's something I would have never thought. I, I guess I've had that conversation with people, but not on like the idea of considering it in the context of possibility of marriage. But totally. I've had that conversation. Like, what are your traditions? Totally, because it's an interesting uh, point of of life that every family celebrates. Every family that celebrates Christmas and Thanksgiving and Halloween, they all do them differently, mm-hmm. and it's all things that are like integral to how they were raised and it means a ton to them and they don't no one realizes how much the stuff you do means to you until you're like pitted and be like oh we're gonna do it this way and it's like no we're not we're doing it this way like because you grow up thinking the way you were raised is the right way and that like no questions are asked like oh like this is correct like yes. i am i am the prime <laughs> result of being a raised i'm, I'm perfect i had a yes. pro- i had a proper childhood that's that's it <laughs> and so now that's you- so interesting and you wouldn't even think about it until it comes up um, really quick. Oh, I don't know if it's still there. I saw an Instagram story from a lady in my word back home, but I sent it to Tiffany. We both laughed, but it's like, it was a meme that said marriage is learning how to fix problems you would never have unless you got married. No way. And That's so, so good. It is. Cause like you like get married and you're like, oh, it's going to be like, you would never have this problem of like how you're going to celebrate holidays or different things like that, unless you got married, but it's, it's all so worth it. A lot of people are like, Oh, it's like such a pain. You need to do all these things. No dude, marriage is the best. You just need to be humble enough to accept that you're not good on Like it is not good for man to be alone. So yeah. it all boils down to is that you can do so much more when you're married and you be, and you become, can become a much better person because mm. through marriage, like you can't do it all on your own. Another really qu- like a couple other really quick ones that I wanted to share that I, that I came across. Um, oh, where'd it go? Um, 
What level of purchase requires a joint decision bef- between the husband and wife? A twenty dollars purchase, a hundred, a thousand, only things such as a car or a home. Because like That's you're, huge. you're combining resources. Like we're like we have all of our not say our bank accounts merged, but we can see all of each other's expenses. Like we track it all on Mint, which has been really great. But um, just making sure you're on the same page. Because before I was married, I was like. Sweet. I have a couple hundred bucks. I'd see a pair of Kobe's drop on the Nike app. I'm like, sweet. Those are mine. Those are mine. I Those have a are... hundred bucks. So there I you know, go. Exactly. And I'm like up to 60, 70 pairs of shoes back there. And so now like with shoes, like we've made a deal that like, if I want to get a pair, it means I have to get rid of another pair. Ooh. Real. Hey, it's sad, but she's real for that. Problem solving. Right Problem there. solving. So like, I just been like, I got, I got to the point where I'm just dr- like, I think actually if, Probably not up in that high anymore. Probably like in the mid fifties because I've just like sold a bunch on Facebook. So I'm like, I don't want these. I'm just yeah. gonna sell them. I'll get something else. Yeah, but you um, sell a couple of them and you're gonna buy like three or four more. That's okay. sweet. Exactly. Sell two, buy two. Sell three, buy three. But yeah, there's all these. I'll send you this right now too if you want to. If there's yes. anyone to include or anything in that. But Definitely. like, um, these are like really important questions because so many people have so many expectations that because humans are naturally not good at communicating, they go uncommunicated until it's too late. Like another thing too, like another big thing of marriage is just like expectations for like sex and different things like that. Mm. Because you both, because especially in the church, because sex is such a top taboo topic, people like, there's like a level of repression almost. Yeah. And so that was like one thing like we're going into marriage that we talked about because a lot of people will go into that night and like not be on the same page. And then it beca- all of a sudden sex, which is really this awesome, really bonding experience becomes the center of all the contention in the marriage. And then it just gets bad. And I've just, I've seen that happen with um, some people I love and care for. And um, it's sad. Hmm. So, Yeah. To what level of importance is that first night then for you? In your experience, was it like we set the expectation, we had the conversation, and therefore it wasn't a rocky start necessarily? Speak like you know. Yeah, um, we had like a little bit of a game plan, just like as far as making sure we were both comfortable and things like that. Um, and I think it was like, dude, like it takes time to figure out. Like, yeah. people often think like awesome i'm gonna go and like have this really great first time sex no dude it takes time especially because usually in the church like you're both you've never had sex before you're both virgins and you are exploring an entirely new part of living in life you're not pros you're not pros (laughs) at all um but yeah i've i've definitely seen that like just transparency and communication and vulnerability were big big blessings and now it's it's obviously gotten we've obviously gotten better over time but like it's been a really great really um really important part of our marriage and making sure that we're close and um it's been really really bonding and connecting so it's been really cool okay if you don't mind me asking and not to be not to like try and delve personally but like based off of your experience if it was the opposite way for you if you hadn't gone in having set the expectations and communicated clearly and been vulnerable beforehand do, do you think it would be like a a turning point in making it that that point of con, con, of contention like you were talking about with your family or could it be like a oh it was a rocky start we got over it though and now we're good yeah i feel like it 
do- it doesn't become not rocky unless um you have there has to be some communication in there somehow like you can't it, it's not something you can just like not communicate and all of a sudden one day it just gets better like you have to talk so i think everyone it's like everyone has to talk about it and figure it out together it's just like until you do you're kind of like just not progressing and you're like it's just there's just tension and you're like yeah just talk about it yeah so just make sure you're on the same page and just like make sure the other person feels comfortable and feels loved it's like the biggest thing huh that's awesome yeah and definitely interesting topic like with like people because it is so taboo but it's really important like um that um when you once you do get to that point where it is coming close obviously if you're talking about it early on like it can get kind of dangerous with uh just because humans are very much sexual beings and um you want to make sure that you're saving that um for that time in your life Mm -hmm. and you're not um you don't make any decisions that you'll regret yeah agreed totally i think it's good though to try and make it so it's not so much of a taboo topic totally do you feel like that's a um a theme with byu that it's taboo or that they're trying to help young couples or young married couples i think it totally depends on um the crowd of people i feel like some people it's really really because everyone grew up so differently so like some people like have like never as much said the word sex like they feel like it's like a bad word almost and that's like one thing with the culture of the church i think can improve and i think is improving is like growing up like it was like sex was like like you don't talk about it but now i feel like when my younger siblings like are like oh like like they like come and like asked questions about like to me like oh like are you glad like you waited and stuff like that? It's been like cool. Cause I feel like everyone's a lot more comfortable talking about it now, mm. but there's still more room for improvement. So, yeah. um, I feel like the marriage, I, so the marriage prep class that Tiffany took, I ended up taking that next semester just because we knew we were going to get married in that next bit. We were like leaning towards that decision. And so, um, that class is taught by Tammy Hill. You can look at her up on Instagram. She's like a, a family, and um sex therapist and so she i think her whole thing is making sure couples can have the best experience possible i think it's really cool what she's doing and um yeah i definitely think people need to be more open about it. i think a lot more people um struggle than you'd think or suffer in silence yeah so it's really important that people feel like they have they can open up conversations and uh talk about it very interesting yeah Huh. I've noticed um, within the crowds I've associated with that the crowd determines a lot of that comfortability. Totally. Or even even the level of, you know, the feelings on it. Like, oh, is it really that important? Yeah. I feel like, too, you need to have make sure you're talking about it with the right people because it's, it's sad that so many people can, like, just begin to make, like, inappropriate jokes and, like, really, like, make people feel uncomfortable talking about it because people have questions and things like that but if you have the wrong group of people that are um tread like, that are taking it really lightly and like it's like it's obviously it's just a very sacred really special experience but if people aren't talking about it as such it can um 
lose its importance really quickly. So I feel like it's a really important part of it too. Hmm. It's making sure that you are, uh, um, you are like making inappropriate jokes and taking, um, the sacredness out of it. Yeah. Which is so commonplace. And totally. It's, a, it's a very, it's more of like the world's perspective. Totally. And of everyone, it. I feel like everyone is guilty as charged, like especially in high school. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I won't pretend that yeah. I haven't taken it lightly. That's what, that's what growing up is all about is you start to, um, give reverence to the more sacred things and to, um, appreciate the more important things in life. Yeah. Sorry. I was looking over these, as you were first bringing them up, I had this thought that to me in my head, I was like, Oh, it's a great thought. I should ask that question. Go for but it. Now I've totally forgotten. Dang it. Um, hmm. I don't know. That's, that's I mean, it's just awesome. I, I can't wait to go through all these. Yeah. It's like just reading these la- few questions and, you know, obviously my own answer. Don't rip it out on a date, but I think it's I'm not ripping it they're out tonight, great. For sure. <laughs> don't rip it out on a first date, but I think it's a great conversation starter. If like you have a couple in mind and like, cause there's, there's some that are really serious. It's like talks about like, um, struggles with pornography and things like that. Um, yeah. and things like that. But there's like questions like, what do you like most about yourself? What do you like least about yourself? And like talking and getting to know a person and getting to hear their thought process and how they, um, perceive themselves is really cool. Yeah. So and yeah, it's just important because it'll help you understand how to operate with that person. Totally. Oh. Yeah. Well, anything else? I'm I'm trying to think. I'm like I don't I don't know. Can you think about that question was about? It's like as soon as the conversation continued, it just it's gone. Stupor of thought. Yeah, it was a stupor of thought. But how about? How about we close with a bit of your advice for your younger brother or my friend who knows Ooh. your younger brother or That's a good know, one. who who are these younger people that you're that that see you as a role model? Okay. What's your advice for them, no matter what the topic? So I feel like it's a great question. Um really prepare for and be worthy to serve a mission it lays the foundation for the for the rest of your life work hard on the mission journal every day um serve the people serve people with no other desire except for to serve the people that you're with um yeah just like don't serve during that time, serve and don't expect anything else in return. Um, leave it out on all out on the field. Elder Holland came to my mission at one point, and one of the things he encouraged us to do was to give it our all and go home on a gurney. Close quote. Go home on a gurney. Go home on a gurney. Like give everything you have, because the mission is such a unique time to really focus on the things of eternal worth, and you'll miss it. Obviously, I don't wish I was back on my mission right now, but I really miss a lot of different aspects of it because I'm like I'm progressing and I'm living life in this. I'm this is what life's about is all yeah. about progressing and um, developing. But um, I agree. Re- really, take I think the the biggest underlying or uh, yeah underlying message is really um, take advantage of every season of life 
And so when you get back and when you're like doing school or learning a trade or working or whatever, like go all out, learn lots. Um, when you date, go meet people. You don't have, it's not pressured. Like don't feel like you need to like make a decision about everyone. Like the second you, like you meet them, get to know people network, whether that be on dates or with people that you want to be in touch with, with careers down the road. And then, um, when you are dating, just, um, when you're dating someone seriously, find opportunities to love and to serve and, um, work towards, um, being closer to Jesus Christ together. And, um, when you are married, um, that relationship between you, your spouse and God, always try to keep that relationship between you and God as close as possible and the relationship with you and your spouse will follow. Mm. I love it. Yeah. I'm going to be totally selfish and ask for some more advice. So I'm a bit younger than you. Yes. Not like by a lot, but, but I do view you as a bit of a role model, you know, like you were the older kid at choir that yeah, I appreciate like it. began to become friends with and you like took me under your, your wing. You uh-huh. like, invited me to come and hang out with you guys you know i wasn't like because you're cool dude trying to be cool he's so cool um i i thought of that what that question is and you know i i appreciate that advice you just gave and Mm -hmm. it's actually going to totally apply to me and i'm going to take it to heart some more advice where i'm at in my situation in life and hopefully this applies to some other people and i think it will i struggle to I think obviously feel worthy of marriage and it's not that I think like oh I'm going to be married next week kind of a thing totally but like I don't know if I were to begin dating somebody within the next month if I would be ready to think about marriage and then maybe even the next month or the next month after that it's like how how do you prepare yourself and also how do you view preparedness for marriage or like even prepared to date the person that you would want to marry? Like if I'm not in the position to be married right now, I feel like I'm not worthy of the person who I could marry. Totally. I think a big thing is being open and vulnerable to heavenly father as you pray. And like, dude, do you want to be married? I do. Okay. Then let heavenly father know that and say, Hey, like in your prayer, say, Heavenly Father, I am wanting to get married and to progress because it's a, it's the next stage of life is you're progressing. And it's a really righteous desire. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with getting married. And obviously there's better reasons than others to get married. Um, but letting him know that you have this desire to get ready to get married. And if you just personally bind yourself to him and saying, Hey, I'm going to live my life the best I can. And, um, I'd love to meet that person. There's, he's not gonna like, he'll give you everything you need to succeed. I think too, when it is the right person, cause I feel like when it's not the right person, like obviously people I dated, like if we weren't, um, if it wasn't going to work, it didn't come up. But with Tiffany, it was very much like the right thing. And I think I'm a very, I'm an exception to the rule. Like within the first week of like actually like um, dating her, like I knew we were going to get married. Like I had the strongest um, spiritual prompting that that was going to be the case. And so 
like I, I had been looking for a while. Like I knew what I was looking for when I was dating and, um, I recognized it when, um, when it came, it came, when it came by. Yeah. So I think the biggest thing too, the biggest first thing is knowing what you're looking for. Cause it's really hard to find something when you don't know what it is and you don't know what the features or attributes of it are. And so being honest with yourself and, and writing down, whether that's like, or like thinking about it, I think writing down is the best. If you can get a pen and paper and say, this is what I'm looking for in a spouse and just be looking for it when it comes, you'll know it's, you'll know it's right. So taking that, taking a patriarchal blessing is really important too. Um, I, I feel like they're super underrated and I feel like I need to look at mine more than I do now. Agreed. I've had the same thought this week. I'm like, dang, my patriarchal blessing is so fire. I'm like, and then I don't read it. I'm like, what am I doing? I'm being so silly. Um, but honestly, if you just, if you just, if you're giving it your all and you're letting heavenly father know that you're ready to progress in this next stage of life, like he's not gonna, he's not going to withhold a good thing from you. I think there's a verse that talks about that somewhere in the scriptures, but, um, yeah, have, whatsoever thing you ask for, if it be good. Yeah. You know, it will, it will bring it about. Exactly. So it's a, if you just have really good intentions and if you have righteous desires, like it's not going to be withheld for you from you. Um, Oh, really quick. Actually, this is kind of fire this. So I work at BYU Marriott's business career center. We handle all the recruiting for BYU um, for the, for the business school at least. And so I have a really, really amazing team. And, um, I really feel like it's like the first time I've been in a work environment that like I felt very, very close with and everyone really loves and cares for each other. And so we have like a health and wellness, um, thread that people will send reflection insights on. We used to, um, this is, didn't used to be a thing, but people would like have reflection time where they'd like do, um, personal growth and development thing and things like that. But we changed it recently to where people would post like their thoughts that they had, whether it be like, um, all mental things or spiritual things or whatever. But I think this goes really hand in hand with what you were saying. So my friend, Brandon, shout out Brandon Johns from work, uh, posted this and he said, learning from Lazarus, how many times has something gone South when you've waited for something and it never came when things didn't go the way you thought they would. Throughout life, we face adversity, and oftentimes things aren't e- aren't as easy as we'd like. Maybe we don't get the job we've been waiting, we've been wanting. Maybe our significant other breaks up with us. Maybe we lose a loved one. However, through these challenges, we can always be sure of one thing: Jesus Christ will always deliver us. I've recently been reflecting on the story of Lazarus. The Bible tells us that a man named Lazarus became deathly ill. His sisters, Mary and Martha, sent for Jesus. They knew of the, of the miracles Jesus was capable of performing, and they believed that Jesus could heal their brother. When Jesus heal, when Jesus heard of Mary and Martha's call, we read that he abode two days still in the same place where he was before journeying to where Lazarus was. When Jesus arrived, Martha came to meet him. Martha informed the Savior that Lazarus was dead and says, If thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. Martha, understandably, was frustrated with Jesus. Mary was so upset that she didn't even want to come out and meet him, so she stayed inside. Jesus weeps with Mary and Martha, then goes to the grave of Lazarus and raises him from the dead. 
we can learn a lot from this story. I think Jesus knew the whole time what he was going to do. He knew that he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead, but I believe there's a reason that he waited instead of immediately uh, heeding Mary and Martha's call. He wanted to show forth his power, and this miracle would have been more meaningful if he made Mary and Martha wait. Similarly, in our lives, I believe the Savior already knows what he's going to do for us. He knows the miracles and blessings he has in store for us. However, oftentimes those blessings don't come when we want them, and we can find ourselves like Mary and Martha. While we may believe that Christ will deliver on his promises, we might be frustrated because things aren't going the way we want. Maybe we are so annoyed that we don't even want to go out and meet the Savior when he does come. We must remember that though that Christ's perspective transcends ours. As we continue throughout life and brave the storms we all face, we can have hope for a better world because Jesus will always deliver. And then he says, keep riding as a reference to Russell, Russell Wilson's let's ride. I think that is the biggest thing. Cause obviously you have this good desire with marriage. And I know a lot of really amazing people that are, that view themselves as, like older and feel like they've missed the boat when it comes to getting married. But the savior and heavenly father's timing both transcend ours. And I think it's really important that we learned to wait on the Lord. You probably heard that phrase a bunch on the mission. They talked about like, cause obviously you think of waiting on the Lord as just kind of sitting there and um, waiting until like, just like being patient until it's time for whatever it is to happen. But I think in that context, it's really important that we view waiting on the Lord as in waiting, as in like the purpose of a waiter. Yeah. When you have a waiter at a restaurant, they don't just sit there and like do nothing. Like they're, they're constantly serving other tables. They're coming back saying, Hey, awesome. Do you need any refills in your drink? Um, attentive. Exactly. Yeah. So I think it's really important that each of us find ways to be attentive in our own lives. And when we are, waiting for the Lord's timing, we, um, we, um, are working on ourselves during that time Mm -hmm. that we're not just sitting on our butts and, um, waiting for things to change. But instead, um, if possible, we're looking to alter circumstances that we're currently in, in favor of things that will be more conducive to our goals, um, that we are, attending the temple that we're attending church, we're magnifying our callings, different things like that. And that's, so maybe like, for example, if, um, you have this blessing, the heavenly father, um, is ready to give to you, but the circumstances aren't right, that you're able to, um, change the circumstances mm. and to, um, become prepared. Make for, the circumstances more conducive with the blessing that you seek. Totally. Cause yeah. it, cause like, yeah, circumstances, we can change our circumstances um, most of the time. So if we're able to alter the way we're living or the people around, that will be better for the blessing we want. It's really important we do that. So, Thank you, dude. I appreciate that. That's like yeah. some high quality. Thank Brandon. I, Brandon's the man. Yeah. So, um, yeah, if you like, for example, like marriage is a big one where people are like, I'm like going to the temple. I'm magnifying my calling. I am reading the scriptures for an hour a day, all these things, but it's still not coming. Um, maybe the person that the best possible option, the best fit for you, it's like not the right time for them. 
And so it's really important that um, it's really easy to get discouraged. And I feel yeah. like Satan's really good at making us get discouraged. Um, but as we do patiently wait um, and trust the Lord's timing, things will be better. And um, heavenly f- uh, Jesus Christ will deliver for us personally. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. And that's, I'm going to take that and I'm going to start applying that because I believe that's where I lack a bit is prioritizing, putting myself in the situation that's going to be most conducive with the blessing I'm seeking. Same. It isn't good. It's, it's like, it's a lifelong battle. Okay. It comes and it, eb- yeah. it ebbs and flows. It's like, you're like, dang, this week I crushed it. Like I was reading my scriptures and the next week you're like, I haven't opened the book more once. I have completely forgot to say prayers. So it yeah. takes being very intentional and, um, yeah, humility and, um, willingness to continue to change even when it's hard. Hmm. Well, I think that's an awesome message to, to kind of end with. And I'm, I'm glad that we got to have this conversation because I too. know it's going to be beneficial for me to look back personally, but I, I know it'll be a benefit for my brothers. I'm thinking of specifically to hear this totally. awesome advice from somebody that is experienced in it and is actively doing it. It's Not experienced, just trying. Has experience. In doing okay. It. There you go. Maybe. I respect it. Yes. Trying, but that is the important part. Try, try, somebody try. Somebody that is on the path to progression in that way within marriage and within personal spirituality and, and, you know, seeking personal revelation. And that's, uh, that's an area I want to focus on more, much more as of recently, because I know it's, I know it's going to be a blessing and it's going to provide opportunity for those things that I'm seeking. Love it. Yeah. Well, dude, I think we'll end right there. Okay. Awesome. Glad we got to do this. Likewise.